Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a signing, finally, uh, for the Ducks to talk about. Uh, Antoine Vermette is now an Anaheim Duck, and we're going to cover that. And, of course, a bunch of questions have uh, come up as a result of that signing. We'll address your fan questions. We'll also talk about some of the stuff going on around the league, uh, including a Vegas update, um, some other signings. And, of course, we'll uh, mention some of the events coming up in the next week or two. But... Finally, Eddie, the Ducks did do a signing, and it's not a minor league player. It's not a prospect. It's nothing like that. The Ducks ended up signing Antoine Vermette uh, after he was bought out by the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And, uh, you know, they got him for a two-year deal, uh, $3.5 million, uh, 1.75 average uh, over the two years. And uh, what did you think, Eddie? Uh, it, it's a move that uh, we talked about in the last show about doing a signing instead of a trade. So what are your thoughts on uh, Vermette coming to Anaheim? Well, the, I mean, I like it. Um, I like what he brings defensively. You know, he uh, the Ducks tweeted out that since he debuted in 03-04, he's second in the in the league in face-off percentage, and he's in the top 10 in, in wins uh, with over 7,000. So, I mean, for that aspect, it's good. Uh, I think this... Means we aren't going to sign Matt Cullen now, unfortunately. I, I know how much you and me both kind of wanted to see him come back to Anaheim, but I mean, uh, Vermette does pretty much the same thing that Cullen would do five years younger. Um, you know, Matt Cullen might demand a little bit more winning the Stanley Cup last year, uh, the year he had, in, and, and even the playoffs he had. So I think it's a cheaper option. Uh, it's a replacement for Nate Thompson right now. Um, I, I think it's it's good in that aspect. Like like I said before, it it helps uh, it helps in the face off circle. So you know that's going to be great. Uh, but offensively, there's not much there. You know he he had 17 goals last season. Um, he's a year older this year. Uh, you know he's not going to be playing uh, with that with creative players from what we know. You know he should be centering the fourth or the third line, which means he's going to be playing with Garbert or Raymond or Wagner or Bull. So there's not going to be much offense there. But, you know, at the salary, we're not expecting too much. And defensively, uh, you know, I, I do like the signing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, defensively it's a good signing. I think in the faceoff circle it's definitely going to help out. With Like you said, Nate Thompson going to be gone for a while. I think he will provide some offense in terms of on the goals, uh, you know, scoring um, in the last uh, for four full seasons he had uh, almost 40 points so i think he's going to be able to to chip in but like you said he's going to be a bottom six guy he's not going to be a top six guy so that's part of the concern there and he's likely going to play center obviously with his ability there so i like the signing uh it's not the the one that we talked about uh we talked more about hoodler but it's definitely the scenario that we talked about as far as what would the ducks do um you know in the last show we said hey maybe they're not going to sign uh, you know, Raquel or Lindholm again right away or make a trade and maybe they would go um, get somebody else in free agency. And that's actually what they did. And so that kind of brings us to, you know, what what are the Ducks going to do next? And that's what some of the fans are asking about. Obviously, the biggest question now is, uh, which we had from Adam and Jasper and a few other people, is they ask, you know, is, is a trade going to come after this? Since... Uh, if you look at the salary cap now, according to Cap Friendly, it's uh, just under 6.7 million left, and uh, I, I mean that 
most likely is going to be what happens next. I mean, the Ducks could sign uh, Raquel or Lindholm, but uh, I think they would make a trade, Eddie. I mean, the cap space, you know, obviously is, is small right there. And if you're going to resign those two players, uh, 6.7 is not going to get it done. Yeah, like if, if you sign them now, you're going to be over the limit. And then, I mean, we talked about this all morning in, in the group chat and, and you sign them now, you're going to be over the limit, and a lot of teams, uh, you're going to lose leverage with them trying to make a deal. You know, dumping cap space is going to be harder than it already was going to be. Teams know you have to make a move to be under the cap uh, before the season starts. So, you know, trying to move a guy like Fowler and, and save some cap, you're not going to get the return that you would like. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely see a trade happening. I, I know we've mentioned multiple times, you know, there has to be something that has to happen on the blue line. Uh, I mean, they've got eight guys right now who should be playing. You know, most of them, except for Theodore, have uh, have a. You can't send them down there. You have to send them through waivers, or or start them uh, in in the AHL during the regular or during the off season. So, it's something that has to be done. I mean, we talked about Dupre. He's at three point seven uh, for a while up into to twenty one twenty two. That season, he's uh, signed for 3.7, so he's a guy who could possibly move. Uh, you know, we talked about Bieksa, but there's the issue with his no move clause. Uh, Fowler, who's been mentioned multiple times uh, throughout the offseason and the draft, nothing's happened there, but he has a four million dollar cap hit, and then obviously Clayton Stoner too, who's who's getting paid 3.25 million dollars. So, you know, something has to to move on the blue line before they can, uh, you know, safely make a signing. Uh, it doesn't mean we won't see Raquel or Lindholm or both uh, be signed before a trade, but you know if they want to safely make a trade with without uh, losing any leverage, I think it, it's something that has to happen before. Yeah, and I think part of the issue too is in this trade now: are the Ducks going to trade for a left wing, uh, left-handed, you know, offensive-minded uh, forward like we've you know we've talked about this you know all summer long, um, or are they going to trade? And, you know, go for prospects or something of that nature in order to create cap space to sign Raquel and Lindholm. So I think that's the interesting thing. And it seems like the options are getting, you know, narrower and narrower as the weeks go on, Eddie, uh, as, as far as what are the Ducks going to do next. I mean, they yeah. I think they still need, you know, that left wing that, that they're talking about um, unless, uh, you know, we'll talk about the lineups a little bit later after some of the questions. But, I mean, if you're going to bump Richie up to the top, and go with that, then maybe they don't. But, uh, you know, otherwise they're going to have to try and figure out something. And, and there's not really a lot of options, uh, you know, to trade, you know, Fowler or one of the other defensemen uh, for that left wing, uh, given now the cap space that's left. Yeah, and it's going to be tough right now. You're, you're you know, you're relying a lot on, on Corey Perry and, and Jakob Silverberg and, and Raquel to, to score goals. And, and, you know, you lost David Perron, you lost Jamie McGinn. You know, Mason Raymond's not going to come in and, and, and have the same impact that they had. You know, uh, Vermette, he, he scored 17 goals last year. You know, every season that he's been healthy and played almost all 82 games, he's put up at least, you know, 45 points. But you can't say you're going to expect that from him and that you're going to expect 20 goals from him. So, you know, who's really going to score goals from us? You know, Silverberg had 20 last year. Raquel had 20 last year. You know, Perry, obviously, he's our, our go-to on offense. Uh but uh, if you don't bring in a guy you know, to play offense, you, you expect other guys to step up. You would uh, hope hope Getzlaff doesn't have another scoring slump like he did last year. You know he has such a good shot; uh, he could easily put up twenty to thirty goals if he decided to shoot some more. Uh, you know Kessler's a guy who we never know if he's going to put up twenty or thirty in the season. It all depends on on if he gets on a hot streak. 
Um, and, you know, we, we still got to sign Raquel um, and Cogliano, too. You know, th- there's some options for offense, but right now, you know, you don't see it a- as being enough. And, and for guys who, who, who definitely need to step up, uh, you would think Nick Ritchie offensively, he definitely needs to step up this year if, if uh, he's going to want to hold the roster spot down. Uh, you know, we've we've seen his physicality. We've seen, his, you know, his size so far in his first season with the Ducks last year. You know, uh, now we're we're waiting for that offense. We, we you know we've seen in the scouting report on him, he has a great shot, a, gr- a very quick release. But you know, you've got to see it at the NHL level. And, and uh, if they don't bring in another scorer, he's a guy who's definitely going to have to step up for them. Yeah, I agree. If if they're going to make a trade, and they're not going to get that left wing, if they're going to you know uh, get prospects or something of that nature to uh, clear cap space, then yeah, Richie's going to have to be a guy that's definitely going to have to step up. We've seen him score, you know, almost at will uh, in the AHL, but it just hasn't really translated to the NHL. So maybe ne- you know next season he can bust through on that, and it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, well, you know what the how the team reacts next year, especially with the new coach too, as well. And that and that's kind of another question we had too. We had Darren asked, you know, about the veterans and how the veterans are going to work out next season with Randy Carlisle. And uh, you know, obviously bringing in Vermette, uh, I think that's why Darren's asking uh, this question too. Is uh, you know, I think the veterans are going to be fine. I, I really do. I think it's going to work out. I mean, we knew the issues before were really Perry and Getzloff with Carlisle. But I, I think it's going to be okay as far as the relationship. I don't really see that problem. I think, you know, bring in Vermette, you know, the veteran player, he's going to be fine. Uh, you know, what I like that he brings is playoff experience, Eddie. You know, he won the Stanley Cup with Chicago. He's played over 70 games in the playoffs. Um, I think that part is is a good addition uh, on this trade as far as not just, you know, his face-offs and defensive ability and, and you know, he can still uh, score a few goals. But, you know, he also brings some experience, and I I think he's going to work out well with Carlisle along with, uh, you know, the rest of the veteran players. Yeah, I don't think the veterans will, will have any issue with him. Uh, you know, obviously some of them have worked with Carlisle in the past. Uh, I'm not sure if Vermette has, but he'll come in and, and I think they'll be fine in that aspect. I mean, a lot of people are expecting Carlisle to come back and be the exact same coach that he was. And I don't think the Ducks would hire him if they thought, you know, he was exactly the same. I'm sure he's changed a lot of things. I'm sure he, you know, he's obviously been at the games um, in his time off from coaching. So he knows what's going on in the organization. I think it'll be all right in that aspect. Um, you know, we don't know how all of them are going to position, be positioned in, in the lineup and, and how they're going to deal with, you know, the position that they're playing throughout the season. So maybe later on, you know, if some guys get frustrated, then you, you could see some issues there. But, you know, from the start of the season, I, I don't see any any old drama, uh, as Darren said, uh, you know, rearing its ugly head. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that's going to be a non-issue. I, I think really the focus now is is the lineup, which obviously a lot of people are asking us questions about the lineup and how is it, you know, because every time another move is made, <laughs> we come up with all these projected lineups and it changes. Obviously, we're not going to really know until, we, you know, we get into the end of September uh, through the preseason and obviously the beginning of October. But, you know, we have Manning, Alex, and Jaspel that you know they all ask these questions about the lineup and, and you know what do you think who's going to be for, with Vermette and how is it going to work out so there's a couple things that you and I you know talked about today once the deal was done and I mean if if we look at the lineup and, and you know we go by this assumption which you know we don't know if this is going to happen or not but if Raquel Kessler and Silverberg are that second line and and they're still together if that's what Carlisle decides to do. 
uh, we can kind of work around what we think the rest would be. And it, and it really comes down to uh, keeping Perry and Getzloff together or not. And if they do and they, and they have them on the same line, the way I think it would kind of work, and, and you and I kind of looked at this, is you'd have them on one line with either Richie or Garbutt. And then you'd have Raquel still centering that third line, technically, as, as they call it, or the Raquel line with either Richie or Garbutt again, you know, whoever's not with the Twins, and then probably Mason Raymond. Uh, so, I mean, you may have that situation. Then you'd have the fourth line would have Wagner going to the wing instead of the center, obviously, because Vermette came in with Bull. So that's something you and I talked about, Eddie. Uh, you know, that could be the, the situation. You know, I, you know, it's still kind of too early to tell. But if they don't go get that left wing, it, I mean, you're going to have to probably see Richie with the Twins again, or you're going to see Garbutt up there, which, you know, he did do that uh, during the season last year. Um, you know, the only other real other choice you could go with is you put Raquel back with the Twins, and then maybe you put Vermette with uh, Richie and Raymond, and then Wagner back on the fourth line at center. That, that's another scenario. So there's a couple scenarios there. Um they're kind of interesting, but I, I don't see Vermette going anywhere into the top six. I still see him being on the bottom six, no matter how this lineup shakes out, Eddie. Yeah, and I don't think you would sign a guy, you know, that's that uh, that good in, in the faceoff circle and push him to the wing. I, I know he can play uh, on the left, um, but you know, for a guy who who's second since his debut in in faceoff percentage uh, across the NHL, I think you have to play him at center. Um, if Nate Thompson was healthy, I I think. You know, I, probably if he was healthy, the Vermette signing wouldn't have happened. But if he was healthy now or earlier, I think it would be easier to uh, to say where guys are going to line up. I think it would be easier easier to say that Raquel would probably play in the wing. Uh, you know, obviously Getzloff and Kessler are going to play at center. We expect uh, Vermette to play at center. So if Thompson was healthy, that would be easy to say that it's going to be one, two, three, four. Um, I think the real question right now is, do you play? Wagner at center, or do you play Raquel at center? And it all depends on uh, what uh, what they expect from each player. Um, you know, we know both of them can play on the wing. Uh, we've seen Raquel play on the left with Gethoff and Perry. You know, we've seen Wagner play on the right before on the fourth line. So you know, there, there's definitely an option for both of them. I think they're both um, they're both okay at faceoffs. Um, I don't think it will make a huge difference on on a team, especially with Kessler and Vermette, like we mentioned. Um, but it all depends on how they want want to line up like that. Right now, with the the lack of scoring options, if you decide to just stock up and put Getzloff, Perry, and Raquel on one line, you know that's definitely an option. Um, but you know what we saw a lot of last year and splitting up Getzloff and Perry, right now it, it's it's kind of hard to do, especially if you if you do keep Kessler and Silverberg and Cogliano together, because there's not really anybody you can put with Getzloff if you play Raquel with Perry. Um, you know, you could put Garbert with them. You could put Mason Raymond with them. You know, there's Jared Bull or, or whoever else. I, I mean, there's you know Nick Ritchie, but there's not a lot of scoring options to put with him. Um, and then you're relying on Getzlaff to shoot the puck more, which is something we we you know we don't see from him that often. So, right. you know, it, it it's a hard thing to do right now. And I know we mention it you know every week on the podcast. It, it's hard to. It's hard to do, you know, to predict what the lineup's going to be. You know, we're assuming that Kessler's line stays together, but there's a possibility that it doesn't. So, you know, it's something that we kind of just have to to wait. Uh, we have to kind of wait until the beginning of the season. You know, see who's here and who's not. If a trade's made, who we have to work with. So, you know, right now we can speculate, but that's pretty much all we can do. 
Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, I think if you take Raquel and you put him on the wing position, which, you know, I, I talked to him uh, last year in the summer, and he had talked about uh, wanting to play on the wing more, you know, as opposed to center. But if you take him and put him with the Twins, I mean, your top six is phenomenal. But then the problem is your bottom six isn't. You know, it's not really as balanced. I, I think the team is a much more balanced team with Getzloff, Kessler, and Raquel as the you know each on their own line as the centers. I, I think that's a much better formula. I mean, you know, I, I think maybe you could bump Perry uh, with Raquel, which we did see that before. But then you got the problem of who goes with Getzloff, like you said. I mean, you're going to put Gar. You could put Garbutt and Richie. You could put uh, Mason Raymond and Richie. Uh, you could put Garbutt and Raymond. I mean, you could do something like that. I just don't know how well that line would work out with Getzloff. So, at least for now. And it's still early. I would keep the twins together, but but you're right. I mean, it's, you know, it's a little difficult trying to pan this out. I I do like more of a balanced attack, though, and I do think uh, Raquel should be on his own line as center, as you said. And I and, you know I like the way the Ducks would look, you know, at the center position with Getzloff, Kessler, Raquel, and Permet. And I think again, that's the strength of the Ducks right now is the center, and obviously the wing position is is still the concern for them on offense. Yeah, and really the the question is 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 do they go out and maybe sign a guy like Quidler who is still available? Um, you know, right now with the cap being as it is, it, it doesn't seem like a likely option. Um, and you know, there's obviously still the possibility of a trade. We mentioned that you know a trade pretty much needs to happen on the, on the blue line to see a guy come in. Um, but you know, it's it's something like maybe we see Raquel start at center. Um, and then when Thompson's ready to come back, he might get shifted to wing. It's always nice to have a guy who is able to do that, and you know you don't lose any of his offense by pushing him to the wing. So it's a nice option to have. Uh, but on paper, you know, losing so many guys who could put the puck out, uh, in the back of the net, you know, losing McGinn, losing even Chris Stewart, losing David Perron, and and all you've really brought in is Antoine Vermette and Jared Bowl. Uh, and Mason Raymond and and you know the replacements that they brought in right now um you know that they're not really ideal for for the situation the Ducks are in so um it, it's something that uh, they're definitely going to have to address and and they're slowly slowly running out of time yeah I agree and you know I thought it was interesting some of the comments by Vermette obviously he had mentioned today that the Ducks were in the mix and you know that he's happy to come to Anaheim and, and he also talked about the Ducks being a, a cup contender and, you know, honestly, I, I disagree with that. I, you know, I mean, like we said, we're very positive about the team and everything, but we're also pretty objective. And right now, this team is not a cup-contending team. Uh, I'm sorry. That's just not the way it is right now. Not, not yet. And I mean yet because I still think that there's moves left, and I still think that there's things that are going to be done, and that the Ducks are going to be in a better position come October. But as of today, right now, you know, in the middle of uh, August where we're at, they're not a cup-contending team. They're, they really aren't. I, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll have a decent season, yes. But are they going to compete with the Chicagos and, and L.A. who started to do better? They'll, we'll see how they do next year. But, you know, all those other teams in the Central Division, too, have, are, have gotten very tough over the last couple of years, Nashville, Minnesota, et cetera. Uh, I, I just don't know. I really don't know how the Ducks you know, can be a cup-contending team. I love Vermette's optimism, but I, I just don't see it there right now, Eddie. I think the Ducks can get there, but they're still going to have to make a few more moves. Yeah, and they definitely can get there, but to, you know, you did mention we are positive with the team. We try to be as positive as we can, but, 
you know, when you even just compare them, not even to Central Division teams, but just to Pacific Division teams, I mean, you look how, how far the Sharks went this year. They didn't really get worse. You'd have to say that they have the best outlook in the Pacific. You know, the Kings, they did lose Lucic, but they're still a good team. They've still, you know, their top six is fine. They've got a new captain in Kopitar. You know, they're going to be very good next year, and you expect Calgary to be better. You know, they've got a goaltender now. Uh, you know the younger players are, are getting older. They're, they've got uh, they've got a good team there, uh, and you know they're building chemistry, and they're going to be good as well. You know Arizona is they they just they keep getting better every year. They bring in some of the young guys they have in their system, so you know they're they're going to be a threat as well. We mentioned before that they just signed Verbata today. Um, and, and that's going to be a boost for them. So, you know, even even Edmonton as well. Uh, I mean, with McDavid having a full season under his belt, you know, no Taylor Hall either, but uh, bringing in Adam Larson is going to help them, and, and I think they're going to be a difficult team too. To, to, so to say they're cup contenders, um, it's it's something you can't really say right now. Um, you know, we do expect them to make the playoffs, but with the Pacific Division getting so, t- uh, so tough, it's hard to say that they're going to contend for the cup or even contend for the Pacific division title. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think it goes along the lines of um, this question from Khalid, you know, he asked, do the ducks still need that scoring left winger? And I say, yes, if the ducks are going to be a cup contending team, they still need to go and get that player. If they get that player and they can get him to play with the twins on the top line, then yes, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you and I have talked about Hudler before and obviously with what's gone on with Vermint and the cap now, it's kind of a difficult situation. Um, but, yes, the Ducks do need to still get that player. How they're going to do it, well, it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to figure out some way of doing a trade from the blue line, as we talked about from before. Um, and another option, too, Eddie, is we talked to, uh, you know, about trying to make more cap space room you know, via trade. But another way is uh, the long-term injury re- reserve list, which – if the Ducks elect to go with that option, which they would obviously put Nate Thompson on, he would qualify for that um, based upon the number of games that he would miss, which would be at least 10 regular season games and also 24 calendar days. That's the uh, the rule that's in place um, in the NHL. The Ducks could get his salary cap, uh, the $1.6 million hit, you know, added to the 6.6 that Cap Friendly is talking about. So the Ducks would be at 8.2 in order to get uh, Raquel and Lindholm done, but th- it still wouldn't solve the problem of getting that left wing. They'd still have to try and figure out some kind of a move uh, to get it done, and th- and that's where we're at, Eddie, is, is we're running out of cap space and running out of options, really, to try and get that left wing. So it's going to be interesting to see what Murray does. Uh, you know, It's going to have to come from a trade, and I think probably putting uh, Thompson on the injury reserve list as well. Yeah, and, and it only really does buy time in the short term. It helps you get them signed. It maybe helps you make a little bit of moves, but you're going to have to make another move eventually if you don't free up enough cap space when Nate Thompson comes back and he's ready to play. So it, it helps you now, but you know it doesn't help you and it like doesn't really help you because in the long term you're still gonna have to fix the situation. Uh, you know, I know we talked about Detroit and Tampa Bay and even Colorado as being trading partners. And every time you know our cap space goes down and or if their cap space goes down, it, it makes it harder and harder. Um, and you know, it kind of brings us back to maybe the first rumor that we had to begin with with Fowler and James Van Riemdyk. Um, both of them are making four million for the next two years. It doesn't change anything in the cap for either team. Obviously, more so it helps us than, than Toronto. And even so, you might even be able to send 
another player back towards Toronto, and and they can absorb some of the cap from maybe a, you know a Clayton Stoner, or from even a, a, if you're gonna add maybe Deprey in a deal like that too, and, and bring some picks or, or or some prospects back the other way. You know, I don't know the the obviously the all the details that would work out and and how each team values each of their players, but you know in in a deal where no cap switches. If you were to do a one for one and Fowler for James Van Riemdijk, that is a deal that almost just works too well for for the for the the Ducks right now. It's something that they, I'm sure they could definitely look at. Um, no, there's other options out there, but it's something we kind of have to revisit right now with the the current situation that the Ducks are in. Yeah, it's interesting because you know that's that rumor that's you know been going since the uh, the trade deadline last season. So. That one keeps popping up over and over again. But you're right. It makes sense. And then if you're able to throw in some other players in there, if you throw in another defenseman or you throw in a few prospects and create a, you know, a little bit more room somewhere in the in the cap error, you know, area there, that I mean, they could do it. And I, I think that's what the Ducks would want to try and do. Because like you said, if they go with the long-term uh, injury reserve designation for Nate Thompson, you know, it buys them time. They get that $1.6 million to help out. Which, I mean, they could do both. They could do a trade and do that with Nate Thompson. But once Thompson comes back, then they've got to figure out something. They've got to either make a move. They've got to buy out a contract. I mean, you're like you said, you're buying time, but you're only buying time to have to, you know, later on make another decision. So, you know, the injury reserve thing, you know, I don't know if Murray would really want to try to do that. I think what he would more likely try to do is, you know, Eddie, he may have to make a trade, and it and it may be a trade that's not as favorable for the Ducks. The Ducks may have to give up more players than they would get back. So maybe if they package somebody with Fowler, or you know, like you said, to pray and Stone or something like that, and they sent you know sent them out to get that cap space to get the you know and get the left wing and then sign Raquel and Lindholm. I mean that that to me seems the most likely scenario. I mean you know we don't know for sure if that's what's going to happen, but that's what I would do. Uh, if I was Murray, is try to make some kind of a move, you know, and you'd trade a couple players for that left wing you want. You, you may have to make a little bit of an overpayment, which I know Murray is really not big on, and and he doesn't really do often. But you know, he did sign Stoner at that amount, which you know we all know, you know, we're not happy about. Um, he did give uh, Dupre that long term contract too. So you know, maybe he does that, Eddie. Maybe he he does a little bit of an overpayment on a trade, but. You know, it creates the cap space to keep Raquel and Lindholm and get the left wing. I mean, that'd be a win-win for everybody if he was able to pull that off. Yeah, but it's definitely by no means is it going to be easy. You know, they've they've kind of backed themselves into a corner here. Um, you know, it's it's not one that they could have easily avoided either with the contracts that they've signed and having to re-sign key players right now. And you look at uh, the impact that Raquel and Lindholm had last season. You know, it makes them more valuable. Um, so signing them is is difficult, and obviously losing players like Perron and McGinn, it, it, you know, it, it leaves you bigger holes to fill than you would have liked to see. So making these trades, it, it's it's going to be hard for him. And you know, the ideal situation for us is you know is that they can bring in a left winger, we can move out a couple uh, defensemen to to free up space for the likes of Theodore to come up and play, and also free up some cap space to to get these guys signed. And that's you know that's the ideal situation. And like you said, maybe you might have to overpay. You know, teams know that the Ducks are kind of desperate right now to to move some cap out to sign their the, these players. You know, you might have to give up uh, a prospect or, or, or two that you, you, don't, you didn't really want to have to give up or some picks or, or another player, roster player that you might not have wanted to, to give out in, in that deal. But, 
you know, right now they, they don't have too many options uh, where they're going to win on a trade. Um, so, you know, it's it's something that uh, I'm sure he's been working on ever since the draft. Uh, you know, the Fowler rumors have, have never really died down. So, um, I like, we play this card pretty much every podcast. But it's a wait-and-see thing. It's a wait-and-see game. The offseason is always a wait-and-see you know, last year was wait and see when Silverberg we resigned. Now it's wait and see what's going to happen with Kellen Lindholm. Uh, you know, wait and see who's going to be traded. So um, it's it's something that is always present in the off season, and uh, you know, it's something we're we're just going to have to wait and see before the season starts. Yeah, and that's another question we had from Jeff. You know, he asked about Raquel Lindholm and when they're going to sign. And I mean, obviously, this question comes up every week. I, I, I still have people out there. It cracks me up. I, you know, I wake up in the morning and I check my messages or before I go to bed or whatever. And there's still people that are messaging me, going, "Hey, you know, what's going on with Raquel Lindholm? Uh, you know, have they resigned yet? You know, what what's the word?" And blah blah blah. And um, we mentioned it before. They're talking to both of them. Of course, the issue comes down to, to money. You know, obviously, like ninety nine percent of the time, always comes down to money. Uh, part of it's probably term two, uh, given what's going on here. So, I, I still think they'll get it done. Ho- hopefully, by the end of August or early September. That that's what I'm really thinking will happen. Um, you know, granted, this thing with Vermont kind of puts a little bit of a wrench into everything. Um, but I, I think they will get it done, and I think that's that's what we're going to have to look at. And it's going to be a couple more weeks probably before we actually hear what's you know happening. And it may be, like we said, the Ducks make a trade first, and then they sign those guys. Because right now, uh, you know, as we've said on the show a few times, if they sign Raquel Lindholm, they can go over the cap space. That's not an issue. If you go on cap friendly and you look at some of the teams, there are teams that are over the cap sp- you know, space. You can do that, but obviously you got to correct that before the season starts. And if you do it, I mean, I mean, not that the Ducks aren't already kind of in a little bit of a hole here. I mean, now you're really in a hole if you tell people, okay, you know, they sign Raquel and Lindholm and say they're four or five million over. Well, now they know the amount, so there's no mystery as to, okay, I got to get rid of this amount of money. So it wouldn't be beneficial for the Ducks to sign both, go over the cap, and telegraph that amount out there. It would be better for them to make that trade, uh, create the room, and then sign Raquel and Lindholm. That's what they should do. I mean, it may not happen. It may be the Ducks will go over, but I don't remember any time in history that they've ever done that, Eddie. So, I mean, I think the trade is more likely to happen than, than Raquel and Lindholm getting signed first. Yeah, and it's the safer option because you keep it in-house. You know how much – I'm sure they're they're in a range now. We mentioned this before. They, they know around – the price that they're going to have to pay for Raquel and Lindholm, I'm sure they're closer in discussion. So making a trade, knowing how much space you have to free to sign both of those guys, I think that's the ideal route to go. Um, but you're running out of time. I, I mean, it, it's August. Well, the, at the time of recording this for me, it's just turned August 16th. So you know, <laughs> you're you're running out of time. You've got uh, you know 15 days until the to the end of August, and you would uh, hope before training camp at least that you know you've got the majority of the roster locked down. Um, I I don't see them taking longer than the end of August until Raquel and Lindholm are signed. But I mean, to be honest, before the draft, we we expected them to be signed before now, and here we are, and they're still not signed. Um, just with all the these deals and trades hinging on each other um you know they it seems to draw longer than you would hope and you never know it it could extend into september um obviously it's not going to take longer than october like if deals stall 
then you know possibly there's a Raquel or Lindholm are, are, are traded or uh, you know they get signed and a trade is made after it, you know it all depends on how things work out but you know they are running out of time that was the the whole theme and title of our of our last podcast so you know the the longer we wait to hear about it the the you know the less time that they they have to deal with uh, all the uh, the issues they have yeah, I agree, and and you know you mentioned uh, for those of you that are listening, you know it's uh, August at least sixteenth now on the East Coast when we're recording this, and that means that Jimmy Vesey is now an unrestricted free agent, and some of you have asked about him and and whether the Ducks are you know in pursuit of him, and I mean I I think that they could go after him. I I, I like you know the idea, but. I don't think the Ducks are. I, I, I just don't see them going after Vessi, Eddie. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? You think that they should try to weigh in? Because you know that, I mean, almost the whole league is weighing in on this guy now. Yeah, he's probably, you know, him and Hoodler are the, the two main guys I think that teams are going to be looking at right now. You know, Verbata came off the market today to, to Arizona. Um, the issue with that is is you would uh, from what we've heard in the rumors and everything, you, he's expected to sign on the East Coast. You know, he's from Massachusetts. You would expect, uh, you know, Boston is in on him. The Rangers, New Jersey, Toronto, Buffalo. You know, Buffalo has his rights up until really now. Uh, now he's, I don't know when he officially hits the free agent market on on uh, the 16th, which is to, today now for me. Is I, I'm not sure if it's at 12 a.m. or if it's at 6 a.m. or when, whenever he officially hits the free agent market. But it will be today on Tuesday when... Uh, he he hits the market and any team is able to talk to him and then you expect regular you know discussions to to occur with other teams obviously buffalo has been the only team who's had the rights to talk to to him up until today so um the the uh, decision might take in, until friday before he decides on a team but you know it, it's an outside shot i'm sure they'll talk to him I mean, every team has the right now to to talk to him. I'm sure the Ducks will will have a discussion with him or his agent, but I don't think it goes beyond that. Um, I don't think he wants to, you know, to play on the on the West Coast. I think he wants to be closer to home. You know, Jack Eichel is his friend. Buffalo had his rights for a while, so I'm sure they've had plenty of discussions with him. You know, Boston is probably his hometown team. You know, New Jersey, the Rangers, they're all on there. Uh, I believe his, I think it's his dad is a scout or something for, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So there's always that connection as well. So I just think there's too many places where he would want to go or where that are likely for him to go on the East Coast that, you know, the Ducks just really aren't a viable option for him right now. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it still goes back to what we've talked about. I mean, the Ducks already got Vermint, so the chances of them going out and getting Bessie or Hoodler or any other uh, free agent are kind of slim now. They got to make that room uh, by going for a trade, you know. And, and, you know, the one other unlikely scenario is that the Ducks don't resign Raquel or Lindholm, which, you know, I know you don't want to hear that. I'm just saying there's always that outside chance that something like that happens. But I hope it doesn't. I really think that the Ducks are still going to have to make, uh, you know, a trade from the blue line as we've talked about. You know, God, I don't know the last four or five, ten weeks. I don't know what it's been, but you know, we've talked about that at length. So, I know some of you asked about Bessie, and I, I, I just don't see them, you know, going in on him. I think maybe before Vermont they might have, but now it just really seems unlikely that they would go after him or any other forward out there. There's just there's no room. And like we said, we don't want to get in a situation where we sign a whole bunch of players and and, and get over the cap, and then we're stuck. And now people know, uh, you know, what amount that we need to go for to get back in that realm, Eddie. So I, I don't see Vessi as being a viable option for Anaheim. 
No, but you know one guy who, I mean, a lot of people might have forgot about now is still out there and is still an option for the Ducks even though they passed on him. You know, Brandon Peary is still out there. And mm-hmm. True. You know, we're talking about needing a goal scorer. Uh, I mean, this, this guy put up 22 goals and two assists in 2014-2015 in with the Panthers. So uh, he, he can score goals. Um, he is an option. I think he's a better option than a lot of guys that we've been placing on Getzlaff's line with them. I think he's a better option than Garbett. I think he's a better option than Bull. He uh, you know, might be a better option than Richie, even though we, we would love Richie to, to score 15, 20 goals this season. You know, he is still a cheap option that is out there. You know, Hoodler is the ideal one, but affording him right now is going to be difficult for the Ducks. You know, Tongay, who's more of a playmaker, he's out there as a, as a veteran. Um, but affording him, it might be difficult for, for the Ducks right now. So, you know, the options are limited. Vessi, like we just mentioned, uh, is, is really not a, not a, a reality for the Ducks. You know, there's always a possibility that they could sway him to come out here and, and say, oh, you could play with Getzlaff. But, you know, other teams have would love to slot him in their top six as well, not just the Ducks. So the options are limited, and, and really it looks like something would happen through a trade. Uh, but you never know. Uh, you know they could sign another guy. They could do nothing and, and promote a guy like Richie or Cadillers or Nason. You know the the options right now are endless and, and, until something is done. So it, it's a uh, it's an interesting situation to be in. It it, it kind of makes it nerve wracking slash exciting for us. We get to kind of speculate on on what they're gonna do. But uh, until it happens, it, it's anybody's guess. I agree. And, you know, one other little point about Vermette that I want to bring up before we start talking about some of the other league-wide news is that he was signed for two years. And this goes back to the expansion draft uh, rule. And so in order for the Ducks to go with, uh, I believe it was option A, where they want to protect, uh, you know, seven forwards, they have to have two that are at least signed through 2017-18 and uh, play a certain amount of games in those either uh, next season or the 2017-18 season. So that's why it was a two-year deal. If some of you are out there wondering why they do, you know, one and not two, and that's the reason why, because now the Ducks have eight uh, forwards signed through 2017-2018. They get a deal done with Raquel. That would put them at nine. So then they would be good to go to qualify to protect more of the forwards if that's what they decide to do. And we've talked about this before. You know, they they might not. They might want to protect more defensemen. Obviously, the issue uh, there is Bieksa and his no movement clause. So that's part of it. But that's why they did that. So now the Ducks. If they choose to go that route, they'll have two forwards exposed, which is the minimum that you have to have going into the expansion draft, uh, Eddie. Yeah, and it it just helps them in that situation. We talked about it uh, with a couple other guys that uh, the Ducks signed and being able to expose them to to, to uh, Las Vegas, and it just helps them. You know, I I don't think it's a guy they end up uh, protecting for sure, but like right. you said, it it allows them to go with option A. And to protect the the seven forwards and, and the three defensemen and the goaltender, so it, I think it it allows them to go that route. Um, and you know, obviously, we we know that the guys who are going to already be protected in Getzlaff and Perry and Kessler, and you know, we'd expect them when they sign Raquel to to protect him too. But you know, he helps this season, and then maybe gets picked up by Las Vegas. If not, you know, it helps you get to to option A and and protect the players you want to keep. So, you know, it, all in all, it it is a win for the Ducks, and, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not too you know concerned about it being a two year deal either way. Yeah, I agree. And you know, you talk about the expansion draft in Las Vegas. You know, we have a little bit of an update there. 
they decided to come up with some names that are, you know revolved around using uh, the Hawks in there, the Nighthawks and a couple of these other uh, names. And uh, I guess this was short-lived, Eddie, because a lot of people did not like the fact that they were using the Hawks, even though it's not the Blackhawks, but you know it's not really original again kind of like what we said about you know the black knights and you know the army has that as their mascot and and now you know they were looking at the hawks even though it had nothing to do you know uh as far as like with chicago blackhawks or anything like that but just the word itself it, it really didn't seem to go over well so i mean vegas is still trying to figure out what they're gonna do and i don't know it's just it, it's a tough situation for them eddie <laughs> thanks to social media they've gone back to the drawing board so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't really a fan of having two hawks, even if you know Blackhawks were more of a a native tribe thing going on, and the Vegas was looking more into the military side with with the Nighthawks and, and the other names that they had. But I'm kind of glad that they have to go back and, and rethink it and and choose something. And, and you know, obviously, I'm not sure if they released it purposely or, or if the fact that it leaked out that they were deciding between those names. But in the end, it was kind of a good thing because now they get to go back and and rethink it i mean imagine if they had confirmed that they were the nighthawks and then received all this backlash you know they wouldn't have been able to withdraw it then so i think it's a good thing that it came out when it did and allowed them to rethink this and then come up with a better name yeah and you know another thing that they've got to figure out is uh you know who their coach is going to be and if you've been following the avalanche we had news this last week that patrick was actually stepped down from colorado and uh i'll read part of his statement uh had a lot of interesting responses too but um part of his statement on here that's kind of important uh or at least the, you know the key of the discussion out there is uh he said quote i have thought long and hard over the course of the summer about how i might improve this team to get it get it the depth it needs and bring it to a higher level to achieve this division of the coach and the VP hockey operations needs to be perfectly aligned with that of the organization. You must also have a say in the decisions that impact the team's performance. And these conditions are not currently met. And that's what uh, Patrick Waugh says. So now he's out of Colorado. Uh, you know, maybe he could try to go to Vegas. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's something that some people talked about, but I thought it was interesting what happened because as soon as that came out, the reactions were kind of all over the place. Uh, some people were upset because he, you know, he still had uh, time left on his contract to finish. Um, other people thought he was kind of being a little bit, uh, for lack of a better term, basically being a crybaby. That's what some people are out there saying. And other people just said, no, you know, he, he thinks that they just weren't working as well together as they should have been. And it's better that he pulled the plug instead of, you know, trying to you know do something that was going to be futile in the end you know i don't really have an opinion of it one way or another i just was really surprised when the news came out i was really shocked at the i was just like what he's leaving i mean you know if he doesn't get picked up by another team i'm gonna miss him trying to break the partition you know at honda center you know i mean we don't have boudreaux i mean i don't know if he'd get mad at carlisle and try and push it too but i mean i'm gonna miss that and and stuff like that but uh you know he does have somewhat of a temper obviously we we all know that but yeah, it's just a shocker to me, Eddie. Uh, what, did, what did you think about uh, Wah saying, you know, bye-bye to uh, Colorado? I think the issue for me is, is from what I heard, he, he only had, I think, one year left on his deal. And I'm not sure why he couldn't just stick it out for one season and if he still didn't like how things were going, then don't re-sign a new contract. I don't see how it was that bad that he had to, you know, leave right now, right before the season was going to start. I'm, You know, what changed over the whole off season that forced him to decide to not 
you know, to not continue on with the Colorado Avalanche. I'm, you know, obviously we're not hearing the whole story. It just seems a, a little bit weird that you would announce it in the middle of August and and you know that all of a sudden something's changed since you know the draft and, and early free agency. I'm, maybe he doesn't like what they've done. You know, maybe he doesn't like uh, the possibility that they haven't made a trade or brought in anybody to to strengthen their team. I, I'm not sure. You know, they 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 still have a relatively strong team with McKinnon and Landeskog and some of the young guys they have coming up. They re-signed Tyson Berry. You know, Varlamov is still there. They have a decent team. It's just a little bit surprising, and you know, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that he decided to go that route with a, a year left on his contract. I I feel like. You know, he could have just been a professional and, and stuck it out for one more season. You know, I doubt it was that toxic of a situation that he felt he had to leave. You know, he has a good, I, I would assume he would have a good relationship with former teammate Joe Sackick as, as a general manager. But obviously something went wrong with the two of them. And, and it was kind of surprising to see that with them obviously being longtime teammates and you would assume longtime friends. So obviously something soured in that relationship and, he just had to get out of there. Uh, I mean, it is disappointing, but you know, in the end, he kind of kind of had to respect his decision that he decided to to leave. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think that there is more to whatever's going on, and you know, hopefully, maybe we'll find out. You know, this day and age with social media and stuff like that, it's it's difficult to keep things under wraps. So, maybe we'll you know have a little bit more knowledge uh, in the next couple weeks or whatnot. But. You know, maybe part of it is, like you said, the way that the direction of the team. Because, you know, there was talk, too, about Colorado and the Ducks making trades. And you remember um, Landeskog's name came up, too, which, you know, I don't know how likely that was going to happen uh, with Fowler and whatnot, you know, uh, as far as, you know, the amount of salary involved and whatnot like that. But maybe it was something along those lines, you know, not necessarily with Anaheim, but maybe there were some deals out there that could have, you know, been made and maybe he felt certain ways and Sackick other ways. I, you know, I'm just speculating, but I'm just saying that, you know, that could have been something that maybe soured it a little bit, Eddie. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 you know, in my opinion, I don't think it's something to leave over, especially with one year on your contract and, and being it's, you know, so close to the regular season that they, they're kind of scrambling to, to find a coach, especially with the ties that he has with that team and, you know, his career with that team. Um, it's not something you you expected. Um, you know, it, it puts him in a bad position in, in any team looking to hire a head coach. You know, now he's the guy that leaves because he had a disagreement with the general manager. So, um, you know, Vegas could look at him, but if George McPhee, their general manager, you know, wants to make all the decisions, well, that's not a good fit for him now. So any team looking at him has to, to keep that in mind, and he's kind of hurt himself if uh, in finding another Know, another head coaching job in the NHL. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if if you're known for that type of attitude, you know, it's going to be difficult to try and land another spot because you know GMs aren't going to want to deal with someone with that kind of uh, you know perspective on the way things uh, should go with the team. Uh, you know, and if things don't go well, you're just going to say bye. That's not going to work either. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks and see if he does you know go anywhere uh, at all or if he just does something else. So. Um, and also, you know, around the corner, uh, hockey's coming back uh, pretty soon here. Um, it's September. We've got the rookie uh, camp for the Ducks. They're going to be playing September 15th through the 21st. 
they also have a couple games against Colorado, as we've just talked about, and uh, San Jose. Um, unfortunately, those games won't be here, but uh, at least they're going to be playing, you know, and, and get some hockey going. And we've also got the World Cup of Hockey that's going to start September 17th. So there's some things to look forward to, Eddie. Uh, you know, we're only a month away from, you know, some game playing uh, that's going to start happening here soon. Yeah, it'll be nice to finally be able to, to, you know, to watch some hockey again. Obviously, uh, I don't think any of Rookie Camp will, will be broadcasted, so we won't be able to, to see much of that, or at least, I mean, you guys probably will, but uh, up here we uh, won't be able to see much of that. But it'll be nice to, to have the World Cup of Hockey and be able to see, you know, some of the Ducks players uh, play. Obviously, Gibson will be there, you know, former Ducks player, and, and Freddie, you know, Getzlaff. Or actually, no, sorry, not Getzlaff. But yes, Getzlaff. Getzlaff will be there. Um, you know, and, uh, it'll just be nice to see, to see some of the Ducks players play and just to, to finally, you know, after the, the whole off season to see some hockey and then, you know, give us a nice little segue into the regular season. Yeah. My, my only complaint really is the, uh, the uniforms. <laughs> uh, if you've seen them, they've now, you know, put them on the NHL shop and a few other places you can go buy the uniforms and, I don't know. I wasn't really that excited, Eddie. I don't think I'm going to purchase any of the, the uniforms. I just thought that they were okay. You know, they weren't terrible, but I don't know. I just thought that they could have been a little better. The, the North American one's a little weird. It, it's, you know, kind of orange and black, almost kind of like could be like a Ducks-type themed jersey. But, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, you know, obviously they're not going to be wearing these jerseys that much. I mean, only at the World Cup of Hockey. But I don't know. I just didn't really <laughs> like how they looked, so I wasn't a big fan of that. But I am a big fan, of, of course, watching the games as they come on here uh, soon. And another game that's coming up, too, as well, is the uh, Fedoran Cup. It's coming up on August 20th. Uh, I don't know if there's any tickets left, but uh, if you want to look, you can go to asfafedorincup.com and get your tickets. As I mentioned before, I'd highly recommend the VIP package. Uh, you get in early and get some bonuses for that. And Getzloff will be there playing that as well, so you can look forward to that coming up this Saturday, August 20th. Hope that you can make it and, and be out there. And another event coming up this week, too, is the um, Ducks Angels uh, co-branded uh, theme night which is happening on august 16th um the angels are going to be um having these jerseys uh for batting practice they're uh ducks angels jerseys more more angel themed which i know some of you weren't too happy about there wasn't as much ducks uh in it but it's a angels logo with the ducks d and then you've also got the ducks uh logo on one sleeve there of the uh, jersey but they're going to have that for warm-ups and, and getzloff will be there too at this event he's everywhere this month uh, and next month but he's going to be at that uh, along with a couple other ducks players as well uh, before the game uh, I, I will be there so if you can make that that would be great and that's really it. That's all that's really coming up. Um, the only other thing, like we said, is um, if you want to get some tickets to the uh, opening night, make sure you go to tpnhockey.com. Uh, you can buy uh, any item on there, and, you, and you'll be entered to win some tickets for opening night, and we'll have a drawing for that. And I guess one last thing, too, is if you want to help raise money for the Fedoran Cup, too, uh, Phil's doing his goal call thing again. If you go to philhewitt.com. And then goal uh, G, three O's, three A's, and three L's. Uh, so goal like he does in his you know Anaheim Ducks goal, but without Anaheim Ducks. You can go on there and, and do a donation, and he'll make up a goal call for you with whatever players or yourself in there, and, and it'll help go towards fighting cancer. So that's another good thing to look for, and please do that. We're trying to raise some uh, money for ASFA. And that's it. And we'll see you hopefully in a week and see what's going on. Maybe the Ducks will have another move by then. All right. Let's go, Ducks. Ducks.